0: You're listening to the Party Girl Podcast with Chelsea Curtis, episode 27. Okay, so I thought it would be kind of fun to just kind of go in a different direction with this episode and have a little fun and allow you guys to get to know me a little bit better. So for those of you who don't know Nick, my husband, he is literally my best friend. He's the most amazing man, and I just don't even know where I would be without him. And I guess how this relates to event planning is the best party I've ever attended was actually our wedding reception. We got married in Newport Beach, California, and we had our reception on a private yacht that held about 300 people. And we sailed around Balboa Island and had a seated dinner and danced and had the most amazing night. It was incredible. So before I go into all of the details of our beautiful, amazing wedding reception, Um, I think it would only be fair to tell you the story of how my husband and I met and how we almost didn't even wind up together. So I lived in an apartment in Provo with roommates and I had recently called off an engagement to somebody that I was like on again, off again with since I was 19. Um, I was 22 and I was ready to just do my own thing and get as far away from men as possible. I had committed in my mind. I'm not getting married till I'm 27. Um, that experience completely rocked me. And it was just all kinds of abusive emotionally and physically. Um, he had his own issues. We'll have to do a whole another episode about him, but I was pretty, um, Pretty hurt from that. He was the first person that I ever loved really deeply. And he completely broke my heart. And so to say that I was guarded would be an understatement for sure. It was really rough. So let's let's enter Nick. My roommate Christy um was dating this guy. His name was Matt. They were kind of on and off again since high school. And Christy and Matt um, you know, just had this typical relationship that was long-term. And Matt was actually roommates with Nick, so my roommate and her boyfriend's roommate. And I had just called off this engagement, and again, we were on again, off again, so he would kind of come around. Well, the ex-fiance actually got transferred to California for a job, which I kind of felt like was an answer to prayer from God because um, he was just somebody that I could not stay away from, and it was really toxic and very addicting at the same time. It was... Really, really tough. And so he went to California. And so when he would come back to visit, I would play this game like, oh, I'm going to be so like in shape and I'll look so beautiful and I'll have my makeup and hair done perfectly. And then he's really going to regret like not choosing me Um, and, and ruining our relationship with his dumb choices when he sees me again. And so I think my roommate was seeing this and watching me kind of self-destruct and she, she's like, you know, we should introduce you to Nick. He's so nice. He's such a great guy. And I was busy. I was working, I was going to school and I just wasn't interested. And I said, I'm okay. I don't want to meet him. Like, don't care what he looks like. This is like before Facebook or, you know, stalking online. I had no idea who he was or what he was about. I just was not even interested. Nope. I'm good. So then there I am getting ready for my job. I worked at Veda. I was a master esthetician. And so as part of the uniform, you had to wear high heels and black. So I was wearing like a little black dress and it was professional and some heels, makeup, hair done. I'm headed out the door and there sitting on the couch holding a milkshake is Nick. And they're like, Chelsea, hey, um, this is Nick, the guy we've been telling you about. And I was so mad. I'm like, You guys, I have to go to work. And I just gave my roommate this look of like death. Like, I cannot believe you brought this guy to our house. Like when I said, I don't want to meet him. And he stood up and he was like, hi, I'm Nick. Like he went to shake my hand and I was like, I'm late for work. And I left. That was our first meeting, you guys. I'm not even like a mean girl. You have no idea. It was, I was so annoyed. It was the, it was the weirdest thing. So anyway, he, um, I guess he was like intrigued by me or something because he got my number from Christy, which was so annoying. I was so mad at her. And he texted me. He's like, sorry, I know you were running out the door, but like, I just really would love to like meet you and, and get to know you a little better. And I was just so annoyed, like I wouldn't even respond. So then he would just come over and I was, you know, in school to go to, um, I was training and doing my generals for culinary arts. And so as part of that prep, I would do this big Sunday dinner where any of the guys from our church group um, in our neighborhood or whatever, like every Sunday they would come and I'd make this big meal and try new recipes. And so guess who started coming? Nick. And I was so annoyed, like, why is he coming here? I don't want him to come here. And so we would have like these late night movie nights, and Matt would come over and then Nick would come over. And I would go to my room or try to avoid and you know, I kind of started to warm up and we got more pleasant. But he was just like kind of awkward in the sense that like I know he wanted to ask me out but he never did and he wanted to, you know, like put his arm around me but then he would just get like awkward and do like the hand on the knee and maybe like touch pinkies (laughs) and I was just coming from like a very in love, very deep relationship and so I just felt like, okay, we're not, we're not doing this, you know, like we're not doing this. So, um, a few months went on and he just kept coming by persistently without fail. And I don't, I was really weird because something switched inside of me. And I was like, I, I actually think this Nick guy is somebody that I could totally marry. Like we're talking four months in seeing each other, maybe four to five times a week because Matt would come over every day and I was dating other people, kissing other people, but I wasn't kissing him. And I just, I, he like, wouldn't ever pull a move on me. And I, Had these rules when I was in my twenties, like I would never make the first move on a guy, like they had to make the first move on me, and so Nick was just kind of like this stalemate, like he was always right there, like he would scratch my arm or tickle my arm during movie for like two hours, but wouldn't hold my hand or wouldn't kiss me. It was, (laughs) I think he was just like super scared or intimidated. I have no idea, or maybe it was because I was kind of mean to him and gave him the cold shoulder. I remember one time he actually leaned in for a kiss and I like turned my head the other way, so rude. Oh, so rude. So um I decided that I was going to take a summer sales job. One of um one of my students I was actually teaching at Bonlosi at the time. It was a beauty school here in Provo, Utah. And one of my students her um boyfriend was a manager for one of the security companies and he was just like you would be amazing on summer sales and like some of these people make like $30 to $40,000 in a summer. And I was like, "No, I'm good." And then this nick character kept coming around and, you know, Inching his way into my life. And I finally ran into him one night at school and I was like, Hey, is that still, is that offer still on the table? And he's like, totally. So he's like, come to this meeting and we'll kind of go over like everything and like moving instructions and they'll pay for you to come out there and da 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 So um the next time I saw Nick, I was like, Hey, I have something to tell you. He's like, I have something to ask you. And I was like, Okay, what's up? You go first. He's like, I wanna plan a trip to Moab and I'd like to invite you, like Matt and Christy, we all want to go. I've never been to Moab, so I was like, totally in, let's do it. And so um, that trip was planned and I told him, I was like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm, I'm going to Philadelphia to do summer sales. He's like, oh cool, what are you selling? I'm like, oh, I'm selling security systems. And he's like, no way, I did that. A couple of years ago. And like, I, I really did well. And like, I'd be happy to give you some pointers. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like that's good to know. And I was nervous. I'd never done door-to-door sales before. So he, um, came with me to that first meeting and was like helping me and they kind of did some role play and like helping you, you know, like figure out what to say and how to sell door-to-door. And, um, he was so helpful and we ended up having this lovely trip to, Moab, the four of us, and we took some pictures and we just had the best time and we were just goofy. And, and I remember like I brought my laptop because I was working on schoolwork and he was just like right there helping me and supporting me. And every time, like I had classes that I really struggled with. I think I've mentioned this before, like math and science were not my strong suits. And Nick happens to be amazing at math and science He's amazing at everything, pretty much. But he actually tutored me, and he helped me pass my first math class that I ever got an A in, and that was in college. And he sat down and taught me concepts and taught me, you know, algebra and geometry and all of this basic math stuff that i I needed to to qualify for my culinary um, certification so i could so I could go on to the next thing. And <clears throat> we, you know, had this trip to moab. and and then a couple weeks later, I got in the car and I left. And I kind of have this thing, like, I know he's somebody I can marry. And because of that, like, I just want to get as far away from him as possible. And I'm pretty sure, like, the distance and the time of, you know, a whole summer, he's going to fade away and forget all about me and it'll be fine. But I have this weird thing. <laughs> like, I like guys to kind of get attached to me. I don't know. I think it's because I wasn't allowed to really date. And so, like, you, I wanted to feel wanted, you know. So I made him, like, this mixed CD. <laughs> That I burned. And I, do you guys remember burning CDs? Oh my goodness. So a few days before this Moab trip, we actually had our first kiss and it it was okay. Honestly, it wasn't the best first kiss I've ever had, but it was really sweet. And he was sweet. And like I said, he kind of had this nervous energy the whole time. Um, but then when we went on this Moab trip, I just felt super connected to him. And Um, it, it was weird because I was already committed to going to Philadelphia for the summer. And it was the first time that in my mind, I, I kind of thought like, maybe I don't want to go. Um, but I kept thinking like, nope, Nick is the type of boy you marry. Like I definitely want to go. So I, you know, got all packed up and he came and like sent me off and I gave him this mix CD that I had made this burnt CD. And one of the songs on it was one more day by diamond Rio and if you haven't heard that song, you should listen to it. It's like a really sappy country song. And one of the lines is like, if I could just spend one more day with you. And it's like ballady and one more day, you know, <laughs> super dramatic. And um, I left and I I got in my car and I drove from Utah all the way to Philadelphia. And my roommate, Christy, actually came with me. We made like a road trip out of it and we went up to South Dakota and went to Mount Rushmore and we went across and stopped at this place in the Midwest I've never heard of called Corn Palace. And we went to, um, Chicago and got some deep dish pizza. And we actually drove as far as New York city, um, because there was a, a beauty conference there for aesthetics. And so I was like, Hey, I'm going to go hit this up. And then we came back down to Conshohocken, Pennsylvania, which is a little bit outside of Philly and I lived there and sold security systems for the summer. Now, I actually did really well selling security systems door to door, I guess women typically do better. And I was number one in my office until um, we were late in August. and Nick and I had been talking back and forth, and we ended up talking almost every day for like four hours a day. And I just I couldn't believe that he was willing to come and visit me. And so he, he came out once and then twice and then three times and then four times. And, um, on the 4th of July, he was like, yeah, I'm just over here at my uncle's house, like in Santa Quin, Utah. And we're just get a barbecue or whatever. And I was like, Oh, cool. Yeah. We're just like hitting up some, um, we're knocking doors and we're going to go hit up some street parties. Cause, uh, Philadelphia has some amazing 4th of July street, like block parties. And so my new roommate, Rachel and I were doing this thing and, um, we get back to our apartment and she's like, let's go out to this like little river walk right by our apartment complex. I'm like, um, I think it's gonna rain. I'm good. She's like, Oh, come on, like, i have never been out there. Maybe we can go like sit in the hot tub or the pool. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. So I got on my swimsuit, got a towel, and we walk out in the rain. And as we're walking out there, this rainy fourth of July, there's like a guy sitting on a bench, and I didn't really think anything of it. all of a sudden he got up and started walking towards me. And my roommate started slowly walking away. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And it was Nick and he was holding a red rose and he was in like a shirt and tie. And I, I was like, why am I in my swimsuit? I was so mad. Like clearly my roommate was in on this proposal and it kind of like, yeah, it, it, things sped up for sure. Once I moved away because we were, like I said, on the phone every day and we talked about a lot of things. And so as we got together, it just, anyway, so here I am, 4th of July, and he is getting down on one knee proposing. And all I'm thinking is like, I cannot believe I'm in a swimsuit right now. <laughs> I was so mad at my roommate for not being like, oh, yeah, let's go out. I don't know. She could have just, uh, I don't know. But I was kind of stubborn. I, I don't know. I don't know. Clearly, I'm having insecurities about this swimsuit. <laughs> um, But he proposed. And anyway, we we got engaged. Well, I had a month to finish the summer. And then I got this call um, from our office manager saying, everybody needs to stop what they're doing and come back right now. And she sent a picture to us via text message. And it was our apartment complex was like four quadrants. And the two quadrants that were opposite of where we lived were on fire. And they were building another apartment complex. And it was like wood framing. And it was the heat, hot summer. And something with electrical went wrong when they were wiring. And it caught on fire. And then the wind picked up and it transferred over to um, those two buildings. And so we just got back and we just we just waited. And, and it burnt the first top floors of almost two of those buildings. And because the buildings were compromised, like anybody who had pets and like, you know, like any family heirlooms, anything that they owned, it just like they couldn't go back in. The fire department wouldn't allow them to go back in. And, oh, it was so sad. And I had never been part of a situation where... You were a beneficiary of like the Red Cross and people bringing, you know, like toiletry bags with tampons and toothbrushes and toothpaste. And, and we were kind of stuck for about 48 hours. And then after 48 hours, when they for sure um, knew that the fires were completely out and the buildings on the other side were still not able to be entered but because my building was um, not affected by the fire I actually packed up my apartment that day and firefighters and police officers came in and Ikea had donated a ton of bags because of the fire. And they loaded up my entire apartment and we filled up these bags and they put it in my little Toyota Echo. And my roommate and I, we just hit the road and and headed back towards Utah. Like it was the most um, abrupt move, like situation ever. And, um, I was engaged. So I was like, you know what, like this will just give me time to work on my wedding and got in the car. And instead of going back up the way we came through, like the Dakotas, we went South and went through Washington DC and down through Alabama and then to Texas and then kind of back up that way to Utah. And, um, yeah, it was kind of an interesting, interesting summer. I was engaged And so because I was actually engaged before I had planned a whole wedding and that first wedding I planned, I was planning to have it on a golf course and I had all these colors picked out and I had the floors picked out and the cake picked out and my dress picked out. And then I ended up not going through with that wedding when I was 19 years old. And so my sister actually got married the next year and she had her wedding at that same venue and used similar colors. And um, kind of the same like florist that I picked and all those things. So my sister was so like easygoing with her wedding. I kind of feel like I planned her wedding for her because it was the wedding that I didn't have. And my parents had put deposits down on these different venues. So they were invested in having her, you know, have her wedding there because they already had thousands of dollars down on flowers and cake and the venue. So it ended up working out all the way around. But so when I, when I was planning my wedding with Nick, I was like, okay, I definitely don't want to have it at this golf course. Like I, I, um, got married in the LDS temple and, and, um, my sister. So there's like three that are pretty close to me. There's one in Los Angeles. There's, um, one in San Diego and there's one in Newport beach. And so my sister got married in the San Diego, um, temple and it's very beautiful. It's like super iconic. You can see it right off of the 405. And I just was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not doing that, which actually that was my initial plan with my ex fiance's. That's where we were going to get married. So, um, I told Nick, I said, let's find a different one. And Newport beach was a newer temple. And he actually, Nick found this venue that was a private yacht rental company. They had different sizes that could accommodate as little as a hundred guests all the way up to 500 guests. And so, In the month of October, when we chose to get married, it was actually their 30% off sale. And so everything was 30% off. And it was the kind of thing where instead of coming in and just paying like a flat fee and bringing in vendors, they kind of did everything for you. So you got a wedding coordinator and they charged per head. So it was like a flat, you know, like $35 a head or something like that. And then they could choose if they wanted like a steak or a chicken dinner. And it was seated and plated. And then they had different vendors that were a part of that package that came in and did flowers and the cake and a dj and the photographer and all of that. So it was actually a pretty good deal like my parents I think ended up paying just a little bit more than what they paid for my sister's wedding and I don't I don't know what the numbers were but um yeah it was it was similar and I had the convenience of not having to travel on the 405 after getting married so so when you talk about distance in California. You don't talk about it as miles like in other places. You talk about it as in time, like, oh, how far is San Diego? Oh, no traffic, two hours. Traffic, four and a half, you know? So in on a Saturday, my sister gets married, has to drive like three and a half, four hours through traffic to get back to this golf club by my parents' house. So it was kind of interesting because um, as somebody who loved planning events and and seeing that executed, I was like, oh, I'm so glad <laughs> we got to test it out on your wedding. Because I got married in the Newport Beach Temple, and then 15 minutes away, we all boarded this ship, and we sailed away and didn't have to think about anything. So there was one contact that I had met through planning my other wedding, and that was the florist. And he was like the most adorable, cutest guy. He was like so like just amazing with flowers. And so they have like a flower budget as part of the package, and it includes like Gerber daisies or... I can't remember something like roses or something basic. And I was like, I don't want that. Like I want orchids and I want vines and I want this and I want that. And I don't, you know, I want it to look like that. And so I actually, my parents were like, well, if you want a different florist, if you want the florist that Alyssa had for her wedding, which is the initial florist I met with, um, you and Nick have to pay for that. And so he is so sweet. Cause it was like 1500 extra dollars <laughs> that we had to pay for out of our own pocket. But I was like, I really want this florist. And he was like, okay. And he just, he just paid it because I didn't pay it. Nick paid it. He was like, all right, that's what you want. We'll do it. And I don't know, like little things like that about Nick just, um, make me feel so incredibly lucky because he just doesn't care about things like that. Like he's, he's not frivolous. He's not, um, a big like risk taker. He's not going to go spend a ton of money on something he doesn't need. But if it's important to me, he's always been so incredibly supportive and just encouraging. And even like this whole, party planner academy business. Like I can't even tell you how many sleepless nights, like nights where we should be cuddling, watching TV together, where we should be, you know, like laughing and enjoying each other's company or having these late nights. Like I'm, I'm creating this, this thing, like this mad woman. And he just is so supportive. Like he's put the little, the little baby to bed so many times like this year. And I almost feel like it's probably 50, 50. He's like gotten up in the night because I go to bed at like 3 I'm some more, some mornings I'm going to bed as late as 3am and he'll like wake up and feed the baby. If I ask him to like, doesn't complain. And I just, I'm like, Oh, I think every woman just des- deserves to marry somebody like Nick. Cause he's just so great. Um, so yeah, we had back to our reception. We, you know, we got married and the LDS temple in Newport beach and took our pictures. And then we went over to the beach and did like a little photo shoot on the beach in our wedding clothes. And then we kind of refreshed and went to, um, the, um, the yacht and we got on board and, um, this wedding coordinator just like blew our minds and just, we had a family friend playing on this white baby grand as people entered. So it was super classy and a lot of people just like mingled. And because they left, like they set sail at a certain time, people had to board the boat and then they couldn't leave. So it wasn't the type of reception where there was like a line of people that they walk through the line, they shake your hand, they have a piece of cake, they drop off a gift and then they leave. It was like we were all there hanging out. So, we didn't have to do a line. We could just mingle with each of the tables and thank everybody personally for coming. And um it was just so fun and we just had this big dance party at the end and I just I loved the reception so so much. I just it again, it was one of my favorite parties ever and I'm so grateful that um that he found that and it's kind of a fun part of the story that my parents and I are always like, "Oh yeah, Nick is the reason that we even had it there. He's the one that found that and it was super cool. And then my in-laws actually were so gracious and generous. They threw us another reception and they rented a venue for us in Idaho. And so we had another wedding reception up there and we were able to come and hang out and lines are like a big thing in Utah and Idaho. And so my mother-in-law was like, can you please do a line? And I was like, yes, I can commit to like 30 minutes. Then I'm going to mingle. I'm not even like antisocial. I was happy to hug people and thank them for coming, but I didn't want to do it confined in a line. So we did that for a little while. And then I was like, we want to have a dance party. She's like, nobody dances here at weddings. So I'm like, well, I'm dancing. It's my, it's my reception. So we did a dance and, um, I was actually surprised how many people came out and danced with us and it was super, super fun. And, uh, just like telling the story just gives me all like the heart, heart eye emojis, like, Oh, love. And so fun. Anyway, I'm just feeling really grateful and kind of nostalgic today, but that is kind of the story of how we met and our amazing wedding reception. And yeah, I I would say that, yeah, I wouldn't change a thing. I think it was just perfect for me and and it's something that I cherish. I'm so incredibly grateful for. So for all of the, you know, negative things that I felt like I had to go through as a kid, like my parents did pretty good with that wedding reception. And I think, you know, they deserve a lot of credit for that there are some things that they really excelled at. And like I said, parties from the beginning have always been one of those things. And I'm grateful. Like my whole career is based on that, that culture that I grew up with. And I'm just feeling pretty grateful. Well, I want to thank you for being here and listening to my story about how I met my sweetheart. And I hope that it brought some joy to you today, but I'll catch you in the next episode.